Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Does anybody know what happens in Faith School? <laughs> At Faith School, my spirit is fed, and my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Uh, the Bible said uh, the one that's born of God is an overcomer. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And so uh, the enemy will try to convince you that you're not a winner, that you're not an overcomer, that you're a victim, that you're defeated, that you're a loser. But he's a liar. Him telling you a loser is a lie, but he really is a loser and a liar. <laughs> In fact, have you read the back of the book? Nobody ever lost on the scale <laughs> that he loses. Said out loud, I'm a child of God. And I'm an overcomer. Hallelujah. Get your Bible, get something to make some notes with, and come on into the classroom with us. And let's, uh, let's hear from Him today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the anointing, asking you for the utterance, asking you for the ears to hear. Lord, you know what is the most needed for us right now. And so we ask for that by faith, and we thank you for it. Thank you for enlightening us, helping us, quickening us, strengthening us, healing and restoring us. You are our healer. You're our deliverer, our redeemer, our provider. Everything we need and every good thing we desire is in you. Thank you for filling us with goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look, please, in our great textbook, uh, the Bible, to Hebrews, the third chapter. We've been on a, a series now for a number of days that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. Overcoming Unbelief. And Hebrews 3, here in verse 10, he says, Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Now this is New Testament. But he's talking about what happened as recorded in the Old Testament. In uh, Exodus and Numbers. About how God delivered that first generation of Israelites out of Egyptian bondage. And uh, we've been on this for some days now. And we've, we've seen how that in this next chapter, chapter 4, he said the works were finished from the foundation of the world that they should enter into Canaan's land. And he called that, he keeps calling it in this chapter here in the next, rest, rest. And he describes it, if you read uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and 7 and 8 in particular, uh, the Lord says, I've got a place for you. It's a good place. It's not a place 
like you've been accustomed to, that you have to irrigate everything and you have to work so hard to make it produce. He said, I rain on it. And the beginning of the year at the end of the year, I watch over it. And he said, you, you're going to have cities, whole cities you didn't build. You're going to have houses full of good things that you didn't fill. You're going to have wells you didn't dig. You're going to have orchards and olive trees you didn't plant. And you're going to eat and enjoy abundance and not lack any good thing in it. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that sounds like a dream, right? And yet that is, was and is the will of God. And here he keeps referring to it as the rest of the Lord. In other words, they... They came out of slavery where basically you're fearful all the time. You have no control over your life. And you don't know, I mean, your owners could just kill you tomorrow and nobody's going to prosecute them. It's, uh, and you just, you have no security. You, have, you don't have the peace. You don't have the rest. But here he's got them out of Egypt completely delivered from all that. They're healed in their body. The Bible said he brought them out with silver and gold and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. They're healed and they got money and they're free. And now you're going to own property. You're going to have your own houses, your own vineyards and, and farms and all of that. And yet they did not enjoy it. Even though it was the plan of God, even though it was prepared, the next chapter said before the foundation of the world, look in verse 18, said, to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Said out loud, they couldn't enter in. Because of, because of unbelief. What kept them out? See, they, if you'd have asked them, they would have told you it all kind of culminated at Kadesh Barnea when they sent the 12 spies in and 10 came back with the bad report and Joshua and Caleb had a good report. But they told them, they said, we, man, we saw walls that seem like they go all the way up to heaven. You know, there's no way you're going to get over that wall or through that wall. And we saw giants, huge men, warriors, and they have, you know, the latest in artillery and all this kind of stuff. They said, there's no way. There's no way. If you'd have asked them, they would tell you, we can't go in because of the walls. We can't go in because of the giants. We can't go in because of, uh, you know, we're less trained, they're well trained, we're hardly armed, they're well armed, but none of that was true. What kept them out? We, we know what kept them out because if it would have just been the giants that kept them out in the walls, it would have kept out the next generation too, but it didn't keep them out. They went in <laughs> under Joshua's leadership. They went in, and those walls that everybody was so afraid of at Jericho, God just pushed them straight down, and they just went right in, right? I mean, God had already uh, a plan, and he knew exactly how he was going to take care of every one of those 
it was actually seven nations uh, that they would have to fight and overcome. And uh, nothing like that surprises God. It was his idea for them to go in, right? And yeah, they weren't enough to handle it uh, on their own, but they weren't on their own. The Lord was with them. But he could not convince them to believe that and trust him. And their stubborn unbelief robbed them. Instead of living on their own farm and and orchard in their own house, full of nice things with their own water wells and all that kind of stuff, they wandered around out in the desert for 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 35, 40, a lifetime. Bleak, dry, subsistence. Miserable, miserable. And the longer they're out there, the more mad they got at God and Moses and Aaron and bitter. But it's not God's fault they're out there. It's not Moses' fault they're out there. Why are they wasting their life in bleakness? Unbelief. Somebody say unbelief. 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 That's why earlier in this chapter it said in verse 12, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Why is he telling us all this? Because he's saying it can happen to you. Don't let this ugly stuff called unbelief, don't let it ruin your life. Don't let it rob you. Now we need to understand, go go to the fourth chapter, let me read this first. 4.1 says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Well, verse 11, let's read that too. He said, let us labor to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. 1 Corinthians 10, we read uh, last week, talked about that, that the things were written, why they're recorded, and why he keeps referring to them even in the New Testament, is that they're examples for us, that we, sh- that we shouldn't do what they did, And we don't let unbelief rob us like it robbed them. If you listen and take heed to it, the enemy will bring thoughts to your mind and excuses and reasonings why you won't be able to have something or do something. Well, it's, you know, you're too young, uh, you're too old, you, you, you don't know enough, you don't have the right contacts, you don't have the right education or training or, I mean, the reasons just go on and on and on, but the bottom line is you can't have it. It won't happen for you. You won't be able to enjoy it or, or have a part of it. And if you listen to it, you'll just stop even thinking about it or you'll, you'll let the dream just die. And if somebody asks you, you'll say, well, why, why can't you have that? Well, I always wanted that. Well, why don't you have it? Well, because of this. And it's basically because of the giants, <laughs> right? Because of the walls. It's the same scenario. But what's the truth? 
What's the truth? What would really be holding you or me out? Because with God, nothing's too hard. Nothing's too difficult, right? With God, nothing's too big. Nothing is impossible with Him. And the scripture goes on to say, nothing's impossible to him or her that believes. What does that mean? It means it is possible with God for me to get completely out of debt, be in the best shape financially if I've, I've ever been in. No matter how bleak it looks, it's possible. Somebody says it's possible. It's possible. It's possible. What would hold me out? Not lack of money, not lack of connections, not the economy. Don't believe all that. Unbelief is what would actually hold you out. With God, all things are possible. What does that mean? It's possible. Even if, even if I've been diagnosed with an incurable disease or problem, a terminal disease, it's possible for me to be completely healed. Hallelujah. Not be impeded or hindered by any symptoms and live a normal, healthy, uh, long, full life. Possible. I said it's possible. It's possible with God and it's possible to those that believe. And people say, well, you know, no, you know, I guess this was God just meant this to be. No, God meant them to go in and enjoy the promised land. And yet they wandered around out in the desert. They didn't get God's will, not because it wasn't his will, but because they would not trust him. They wouldn't listen to him. They were stubborn. They were defiant, hard headed unpersuadable. You couldn't persuade them. No matter how many times God showed them what he could do, still, every time there was a problem, they started fussing and cussing and blaming and unbelief. It's ugly stuff. It's evil stuff. Make up your mind, I'm not going to live that way. Make up your mind, I'm not going to allow the unbelief of this Un, you know, ungodly world to contaminate me. I'm not going to say it out loud. I'm not going to be, be. conformed to, to this world, contaminated by this unbelieving, ungodly world. I will trust the Lord my God. I will believe in Him and follow Him fully and obey His word. Hallelujah. As surely as you do that, you're going to see things most people don't see. You're going to experience things most people don't experience. Get things. Enjoy things. That was God's will for all. But uh, hallelujah, you are a believer. So he, he said, uh, take heed, uh, lest that same kind of thing that happened to them happen to you. Well, go with me back to Exodus 14. Exodus 14. We're given an account of ten specific times where they failed the test to believe God. And if we're not going to let this stuff rob us, we'll have to know what it is. We'll have to recognize it, not give place to it. So we're answering the question, what is unbelief? What does it look like? What does it sound like? If it's so dangerous and it's so bad... I need to know about it. I need to be aware of it. I need to be on the guard and watch. Well, in Exodus 14, this is the first instance that we see uh, that they 
you know, these Israelites that were delivered out of Egypt made such a big mistake. And it was just days after the Passover, after they've been delivered out of Egyptian bondage. Now this, this is a big deal. Uh, you got to remember the, the descendants of Israel have been slaves, been in bondage in this country, Egypt, for 430 years. Well, 430 years, that's all you've ever known. That's all your parents have ever known. That's all their parents had ever known. You, you've never known a free day in your life, and you don't know any of your people who know anybody who's known freedom. You were born into bondage. Why am I talking about this? Because coming up like this, and this applies to all of us in a measure, your mind needs to be renewed. See, they had picked up over the centuries, four centuries, they've become uh, acclimated and accustomed to Egypt and oppression, and you know, it's slavery, there's nothing happy about it. And so you, you, you live under that cloud, under that shadow of grief. Life is so uncertain, a lot of times so short, so hard, and the Egyptians worship all kind of gods and all kind of perversion and all kind of stupid beliefs all around them. And when things are ungodly and godless, they are dark. Can't help but be. They're dark. Uh, they are confusing and they are heavy and grieving and sorrowful and, and lifeless. There's death in it. And God got them out of Egypt through a series of ten spectacular, earth-shaking signs and wonders. But what you'll see is even though He got them out of Egypt, He never got Egypt out of them. Because they still thought that same old, every time something bad came up, they just slide right back into grumbling and complaining and blaming. Why? Like a lifelong uh, slave in Egypt. And they actually were pulled to look back and go back to Egypt. Because that's what they were, as bad as it was, that's what they were familiar with. And it takes courage to walk by faith. Because walking by faith involves blazing new trails. <laughs> Hallelujah. What do you mean? Well, even if it's a trail that somebody's blazed before, it's a new trail to you. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's the unknown. And, uh, you know, the, what the Lord told Abram, one of the first times he spoke to him, he said, uh, leave. Leave your father's house, leave your, your land, leave your people, and go to a place that I will show you. Well, man, that takes faith. 
you t- you, you're turning loose of everything that you know and that you're familiar with, and you're going where? The Lord said, I'll show you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so you mean we got to leave without the full picture. God is a faith God. He likes faith. In fact, he requires faith. And faith, when you're doing something by faith, you don't have the full picture. You know enough to take a step. And that is not for the cowardly. That is not for the fearful. The, the faith life is, is for the strong. It's for the courageous. It's for those that will trust God and uh, I like what Dr. Lillian B. Yeoman said, who's an author of a number of uh, healing books back at the uh, turn of the century. Uh, she said, uh, God delights in his children stepping out over the aching void with nothing underneath their feet but the Word of God. <laughs> That's a picture, isn't it? Stepping out. Well, it sounds just like Peter. Stepping out of the boat, right? What's going to happen? Well, uh, you're trusting God that what he said is going to happen and that he's going to take care of you. He's going to keep you. But uh, it's so easy to be lazy spiritually and just go, well, I, uh, uh, you know, I'll just stay with this. You know, why that, that's easy. I, I know this. I don't have to think. I don't have to use my faith. I don't have to reach, but you will be robbed. You'll be robbed of some spectacular things that God wanted you to be a part of, wanted you to enjoy. Said out loud, God, God my, God, my God, did not give me, not give me a, spirit of fear, a spirit of fear, a spirit of cowardness, a spirit of fearfulness, a spirit of timidity. God didn't give me that. He gave me the spirit of power, love, a sound mind. Hallelujah. And that's what it takes to be the overcomer he's called us to be. In Exodus, did you, did you find that place, 14? Exodus 14. At this juncture, they've only been out of Egypt for a few days. And the Lord's led them, told them where to go, and it was by the Red Sea. And then he told them, I mean, gave them a heads up. He said, Pharaoh's going to come. And, but he told them this, he said in verse 4, he's going to come, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. So that's enough word to stand on right there. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Now, what you need to understand is faith, when we talk about living by faith, doing something by faith, we're not talking about just imagining something and then stepping out to do it. No, we're talking about faith in God. And faith in God can only be based on what he told you. Because there's, there's people that have done things, well, I'm just going to do this by faith and just it, it's a miserable failure. And, and they go, well, why didn't that work? I, bl- I believed it and I said it. Well, did God tell you to do it? And they look at you like, what's that got to do with it? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> We're not just talking about faith into the 
uh, ether. We're talking about faith in God, faith in the person of God. And that's why the scripture said that faith comes what? By hearing and hearing by what God said. Actually, we studied and saw that it by hearing the good report of what God has said to you. And so he's told them, Pharaoh's going to come. He's going to try to get you, but I'm going to take care of it. And it's going to end up with me getting glory. That's enough for you to go, whew, okay. Well, it's going to be all right then, right? Because this is not going to end in uh, Pharaoh and the Egyptians getting glory. It's going to end up with God getting glory. And we've seen what that's like. They've already seen 10 major times. That's how they got out of Egypt. And verse uh, 10, when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold. The Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. Uh, one translation said they were, they were terrified. And uh, they cried out. And then they said to Moses, Because there are no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us uh, like this, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell you in Egypt? We said, let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians. If it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians, than that we should die in the wilderness. The, the scripture said in Numbers 14 that there were 10 major times that they refused to believe God and doubted him, and that led to them forfeiting, uh, living in the rest of the promised land. This was the, the first of those 10. And uh, we, this is unbelief. This is robbing, blessing, robbing unbelief. What does it look like? What does it sound like? One of the first things we see here is fear. They were terrified. They were full of fear. We, we studied, you know, last week about uh, how the law of fear is that your fears will come on you. And about how it's a choice. And you never have to fear. And just because you feel afraid doesn't mean you've lost the battle. It's just time to resist. Resist the fear and command the fear. Get out of here. But what we see here next is disrespect and unthankfulness. Do you hear the language they're saying? After all God has done for them. I mean, it took... It took moving heaven and earth to get them out of Egypt, right? And they're free and they're healed and they got money. And God said, I got your promised land. It's just right over there, just a short trip. And how do they respond? Why'd you do this to a sarcasm? It's because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out here to die. Unbelief is disrespectful. Unbelief is unthankful. Said out loud, I refuse, I refuse to, be to be unthankful and disrespectful to my great God who has done so much for me. And our time's up today. <laughs> Passes by quickly, doesn't it? Said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God 
there's a whole lot more to see about this. Come back with us tomorrow. We'll see you again soon here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.